Providing insight into healthcare from a multidisciplinary approach, this is the Fostering Wellness Podcast. I'm registered massage therapist Matt Wells, a rehab professional, joined by my co-host, Joel Foster, a psychotherapist and mental health professional. Let's get better together. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Fostering Wellness Podcast. I'm Matt Wells, joined as usual with my co-host, Joel Foster. Hello, everyone. So we're back after a little bit of a hiatus, but, uh, you know, took some time to work on some stuff at home and, like, uh, house stuff, you know, yeah. life stuff. Life stuff, working on ourselves. But we're back. But we're back. That's right. We've so. been, and, and Matt, you've been busy with this, too. You've yes. been doing some planning. Uh, actually, yeah. So today is the start of, like, some new segments. Um you know, I think me and Joel were of a similar mindset where before when we were doing the podcast, we were talking about maybe like a single topic for like an hour and, yeah. you know, that is entertaining to us as healthcare professionals, yeah. but <laughs> for someone to sit down and uh, follow that entire conversation to its end point and have to listen to every single piece along the way, it might be a bit too much of like a commitment. Yeah. Or just use as a sleep piece. Yeah. You you get to sleep. Yeah. We want to be more engaging. We want to be kind of like infotainment. Infotainment. Yeah. So we just coined that, didn't we? Infotainment. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think I took that from somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) We coined it. Yeah. Um, So we'll probably still do episodes like that in the future, but uh, for now we're going to experiment with some different types of more maybe entertaining information type of segments. And so today uh, what we have planned is kind of like a unsolicited advice segment. Yeah. yeah. So um, that will kind of take the form of us reading questions that people have for healthcare providers on the internet and then giving our opinions and our advice and just looking at the questions and uh, trying to see what we would do in that scenario if someone was in the clinic asking those questions directly to us, yeah. possibly. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously you'll get the usual uh, back and forth, you know, giving different perspectives and from the healthcare perspective of Joel and myself. Yeah, um, try to get a little uh, mix of um, all the different types of healths. That's right, because if you've been following along, <laughs> that's what we do. There are many different ones. Yeah, uh, Joel. How are you doing over the hiatus? Oh, not too bad. Uh, busy being a handyman, right? Yeah. Going outside the intellectual sphere that I usually entertain and, and jumping in with my hands. Yeah. It feels real good to just nail some nails into some wood. It's like some primitive like lizard brain yeah, like, oh, itch that you got to scratch sometimes. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yep. And uh, you know what? I'm pretty good at it. Really? Yeah. I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see the people who just do like the, the, they like line up their hammer and just do the one hit and get the nail in? Yeah. That's not me. But I'm getting close to it. It takes me like maybe like three, maybe four. Nice. And then it's in. Hell yeah. I'm working on it. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, but also, I've also been reading. <laughs> nice. nice balance between handiwork and reading. I've been reading, if you're familiar with the Algerian French f- philosopher uh, Albert Camus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I've heard uh, the name, but I wouldn't be able to tell you anything oh, he said. Really yeah. interesting work. <laughs> would recommend, like legitimately, I've, so I've read his first book. And it's just a novella. It's only short. Right? Um, I think I read it in two sittings, like casual sittings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Outsider or The Stranger, depending on the translation. But uh, 
That's a really interesting read. Would recommend to you and would recommend to anybody who's interested in um, the absurd, the absurdity of life. Yeah, let's go with that. Fun. Yeah. 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 Anywho, <laughs> you've been handy yourself. Yeah. Uh, so we built a deck extension this past weekend onto mm-hmm. our deck, jacked up our shed, replaced some support beams, painted it, dude, did a whole bunch of stuff outside. Um, considering we're getting into the fall season and soon the winter season. So this is kind of like our last chance to do all that stuff. So I'm glad we got all that done. Um, also, I think I think this is the first episode since I came back from vacation. Oh. Maybe. It has been a while. It has been it? a while. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we went on vacation, went around Newfoundland, like all that kind of stuff. Um, stopped in, saw some family, hit a bunch of breweries, nice. went to a winery. It's real Winery. Fun. That's right. Fancy. Yeah, la-di-da. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> um, so that was all good. And then uh, now that I'm back, I'm kind of back in work mode and, you know, life mode. Mm. Deal with all that stuff. Work in life mode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, been doing a lot of that. Yeah. So when it comes to advice role. Yeah. What do you got for us? Okay. Well, let's jump right in. Well, actually, first, I, I wanted to talk to you about you know, what it was like for you going and searching advice. This being our first segment, kind of uh, talking about how we're doing this for me. Yeah. When I went, when you gave me that homework, Matt, and you're like, hey, Joel, we're going to do this segment. I was like, that's really cool. Let me have a look, see what's out there. It was dark. Yeah. It was dark. And I, I thought to myself, I wondered, like, you know, is it so dark because, uh, well, the, you know, the, it's the internet it's the yeah. that it works right <laughs> people just say like what they're thinking and then I was like okay is it that it's like unfiltered and this is actually what's going on or are they just saying it for like shock value anyway I didn't want to speculate too much into it I kind of like tried to piece through and find some stuff that was you know a little bit uh, not so dark and a little bit more manageable for me being from the outside, but what, what was it like for you, man? How was your, your search for advice? Uh, in some ways it was, it was easy, but the further down, like the rabbit hole I went from Googling different issues that people have, the, the harder it got because, um, at first, you know, I went to the usual forums that I would normally go to, um, you know, basically a blend of powerlifting and like rehab stuff but because of that it was all about like lifting issues mm-hmm. which is like pretty niche i know like weight training and resistance training and just exercise in general isn't niche itself but i'm talking about specifically people who have issues with squatting bench pressing and deadlifting okay. which isn't everybody yeah. um and you know that's going to be cool and we i probably will bring that up in the future but i wanted to keep it kind of general to start off with so that it's more relatable to everybody mm-hmm. so finding general issues uh and i started with back pain because super common and something i'm really interested in um that was good, but again, like a lot of the forms that I kind of bias myself to again is like I get back pain, but it's associated from squatting and deadlifting. Okay. Gotcha. So trying to find something outside of that got a little bit difficult because I didn't uh, didn't really know where to go other than like Reddit, mm. which can be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh, I found some pretty general forums that I kind of bookmarked, so I'll like, be using those as like sources in the future for this kind of stuff. Nice. But uh, yeah, at first it seemed easy, but then I found out, you know, every single post that I saw was related exactly to 
my own interests. Yeah. Your own biases. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's interesting. So I guess getting into my piece then, Matt, what I want to say first off, and I think it's just very general and something that I'm just going to get right out there right away. If you're having suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation, uh, anything like that, um, I recommend not going on a forum and talking about it, but instead reaching out to medical professionals, calling 911 if you have to. Um, I know here we have a mental health crisis line that you can call. Um, if you're on the internet, on the forum, you can Google, you can search up um, any of this information mm-hmm. um, and, and call, right? Because, you know, even if it's not, some people were questioning whether it was like, okay, is this suicidal ideation? Is this dangerous? Like, uh, I'm not really caring about my life, but I'm not really not caring about my, and uh, if you're questioning it all and you're not sure, mm-hmm. make the call. Right. Right. It's better to make the call and get the help that you need um, rather than sit on it and, and question. Yeah. So I'm going to get that right out there um, because, like I said, it was it was pretty dark on there. And, you know, certainly I want people to feel like there's space, even on the Internet, to share your feelings and get that out there 100 percent. But I also want people to be safe. Mm hmm. And to be smart about it uh, as, as smart as, well, you know, like when I say be as, as smart about it, is where are you putting your focus, right? Um, take some time, make the call, 911, mental health crisis, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Anyway. That being said. That being said, <laughs> let's get into some non-suicidal um well, question, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read out the post mm-hmm. that I have here. And then I'll kind of get into how I would approach this concern if it was brought to me in session. Yeah. And uh, we'll go from there. And real quick, just for sure, you to absolutely. In, I just want to piggyback off that point you just made. Yeah. Uh, this is unsolicited advice that is not medical advice for ah, an individual person so uh, if anybody has issues that sound similar to what we're talking about don't take this as medical advice for you each case is super individual no matter how similar they sound and it's always better to get checked up by a professional than to take your medical advice from two random dudes on a podcast yes <laughs> yeah yes as smart as we are and as handsome as we are we don't know everything that's right <laughs> check with your medical (laughs) health professionals um and and safety first always um so um went on to a forum um like you i did go on reddit yeah that's mostly where i found a lot of you know what else i noticed matt let me just make this point before i actually get into it but a lot of young people and, and i know that you know like reddit and and some of the online stuff is is but like i'm talking like teenage like 16 to 18 oh like yeah pretty young yeah yeah like and so you know um for any of you young people or or parents who are listening you know Mm -hmm. it might be good to just be wary of that i guess and and have those conversations and be open to having those conversations fight the stigma that's right fight the stigma 
Anyway, my advice. <laughs> okay, so this post says, Hi everyone, I thought this might be a good subform. My best friend of eight years has been suffering from extremely severe depression and suicidal ideation, which I'm realizing I said there wouldn't, but okay, you'll see as I go through this. Okay. Um, I've been supporting him for a couple of years, but over the last few months, he's gotten a lot worse in terms of his depression, and he's really been struggling all, on all levels. I can't help him too much since he doesn't always share that much with me, um, but I can usually tell when he's having a rough week and I just check in with him. Um, but I'm afraid of what's going to happen to him, so I find myself worrying about him all the time and it's affecting my mental health a bit. I've had low-grade anxiety and depression, which they say is undiagnosed, um, but trying to find resources, won't comment on that, but <laughs> continuing on, um, and it's gotten a lot worse. I struggle a lot but I can still function well and take care of others. Um, and he talks about how much he, he cares about his friend and wants to help him. But my advice is going to be for this person. So this is someone who has undiagnosed depression, but is now feeling like worse because they're worrying about a friend who also seems to have depression and suicidal ideation. So this is yeah. somebody who's worried about somebody else and it's affecting them. Yes. Okay. And, and I thought this would be a good one to start with because, you know, thinking about all the people who are affected by mental illness and, you know, for every one person that's affected by a mental illness or diagnosed with mental illness, there's a, a group of people who are trying to support mm -hmm. and, and help. Right. And so I thought this would be a good one to start with because I, one, I can kind of talk about how to, you know, kind of help with their own anxious and depressive symptoms. Um, but also just kind of give some general advice for anybody who knows somebody who might be struggling. Right. Right. Um, so for me, you know, again, right, right off the bat, you know, if you know somebody who's struggling, right, that that whole, you know, fight the stigma, like um, try to have that open conversation, be OK with you know, if somebody comes to you and talks about suicidal ideation or depression, they're having trouble being motivated, all of those things. Um, you know, what I'd recommend is almost not what we're doing here. Don't really give advice, right? Unless they're in, you know, dire straits and, and need to get checked out by a mental health professional or emergency services. Yeah. Right. If, if they come to you and say, I'm thinking about taking my own life, you know, make the call. Right. Mm -hmm. Same same thing I would say to somebody who's having those thoughts. Right. Mm -hmm. Better safe than sorry. Right. Um, and, and so just being open to that, but then getting into how you take care of yourself in those situations. Um, like I've worked with clients who have friends or um, who have family members, too. Right. Um, that are struggling with a, a mental illness. And they come to me and they say, I, I don't know what to do. And it's affecting my mental health. Right. Right. Um, and so one of the things that's talked about and I think to a degree has has merit is, is self-care. Right. You know, some people struggle because finding a balance in their lives and space for self-care can be tough. But knowing what your limits are. Um, it is really important and mm -hmm. even that can be self-care right setting boundaries mm -hmm. right because uh, although you might really truly love someone and want to help them and want to support them you're going to make it really difficult on yourself to help and support if you're burning yourself out and you're you're 
taking a hit on your own mental health. Right. Right. Um, so what I recommend is taking some time to step back. You know, like this person said, they're trying to find services. Right. Um, there's there's some online services that you can check out. You know, just to kind of give you a, a basis, I guess, a base understanding of where you might go with this. Um, I like to use. Um, Hold on, I'm looking up what it's called. Seven Cups um, is a nice one. Um, it's you can just talk to anybody, right? But there's also therapists there, and they also help connect you with emergency services if need be. That's cool. Um, it's just a cool little thing I I found when I was doing my internship actually. Okay. Um, Seven Cups is what it's called. Look it up. Um. So yeah, taking that space to kind of work on your own mental health, um, kind of doing a little bit of self-care, uh, if you can, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. So I, I mentioned boundaries, Matt. Um, and so when I say boundaries is recognizing, you know, when you can be there for someone and, and when you might need to say, oh, sorry, I can't help you right now, right? And though it might be really difficult, it might be really tough, what you have to recognize is that you can't be the only support for their uh, a person, mm-hmm. right? If you take that burden on yourself, like I said, it's going to burn you out. Yeah. Right. And especially if it's somebody you love and care about, um, because it, it really plays on the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really, and you know, the effect that emotions have on anxiety and depression. And if they become too overwhelming, it can be a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, so for this person in particular, what I would recommend is um, establishing those boundaries, figuring out what it is for you first, mm-hmm. right? Step back, see if you recognize any triggers right, in your interactions with other people. Recognize those, kind of determine where you think is too much and where you'd be okay helping somebody. Right. Um, then I'd recommend you know, doing some mindfulness, right? Or um, doing, like, doing some exercise or, you know, uh, going out and uh, doing activities with other friends, Mm -hmm. right? All of those little things that, you know, along the way, Matt, we've talked about that are good for your mental health or your social health or your emotional health or all of those things. Yeah. And and I say, uh, you know, I start with mindfulness because in this particular situation um i imagine that this person is really caught up in it right right like you would be you mm-hmm. know if a loved one comes to you and says hey i'm struggling with depression and suicidal ideation you, you're going to get entwined in that you're going to get taken up into that world yeah so being mindful of that recognizing okay you know am i being absorbed by um the the negativity, the, the depression, mm-hmm. right? Um, not, not that your friend is, is, is you know, only negative and, de- and depressive and all of that. I, I don't want to establish that, but typically as human beings, we tend to the negative, mm-hmm. right? So if someone's coming to us and, and they're struggling with depression and, and they're kind of sharing that, it can be it can be a lot. Yeah. You know? And as somebody who hears a lot of it, you know, if you absorb that and you continue to absorb that, um, you can become cynical, Mm-hmm. Um, you can become uh, depressive y- mm-hmm. yourself. You can experience depressive symptoms yourself. Um, and you know, it, it, then if your mental health starts struggling, 
um, and then you keep trying to support them. You know, it's almost like um, what is it, Matt? The um, when you put a lot of strain on something, the load. Um, you put a lot of strain, and then you just keep piling on, piling on, and it eventually becomes a more serious injury. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, mental load, I guess, in, in this case, but um, kind of that idea that if you take some on and you're fine, but then if you pile something on that without resolving that, mm-hmm. right, and then it just piles on, piles on, yeah, and eventually it becomes a spiral because your own supports, your own um, mental fortitude mm-hmm. takes a hit. Yeah. And when there's a crack in the wall, it can it can just let go. It's like uh, the amount of stress that you accumulate from that situation supersedes the level of coping abilities that you currently have. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, what do you do then? Now yeah. you're both in the shitter. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And and then you're you're not really helping um, each other. Mm-hmm. Right? And so uh, balance, I guess, would be, you know, my final word of advice is finding that balance um, and recognizing that uh, you know at the end of the day while they may be suffering from the, the, all those things I think they said that they'd been suffering for eight years right yeah and which is yeah absolutely scary but they've survived for eight years that's right? true and yeah. and while you know that's you know not exactly the most optimistic and uplifting <laughs> at least way you're of alive looking at it. Yeah. oh exactly yeah. right but but if you yourself are hurting yourself and, and turning into that, you know, survival mode yourself, mm-hmm. right, then you might need to step back and say, okay, they've, they've, they've survived these eight years um, without me going down that spiral with them. Right. I'll, I'll do what I can to help find a balance, give them supports, but also take care of myself, myself as well. Right. And like in that situation, I can imagine and correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. Um, if that person is a close friend, they're probably a support system, or at least was a support system for the person that mm-hmm. made the post at yeah. one point. And so if you continue down that rabbit hole of always trying to be like super altruistic and like mm-hmm. helping this person without regard for your own health, like that can turn into resentment too. Mm-hmm. And then what was once a support system then becomes a negative experience just interacting with that person. And then you lose the support system. Yeah. So really, it's not only that, like, this person is starting to feel depressed and anxious and feel bad about themselves. They're probably also starting to feel bad about the other person, where at first it was a very beneficial thing. Like, you're trying to help them. Yeah. But then that turns into a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And while you were, you were talking about that, man, I also kind of thought about, you know, yeah, that, that equal support exchange mm-hmm. you know and you know some of the big things i've talked about with clients before trying to support is how you communicate right how you listen mm-hmm. you know i'm talking about you know again going back to you know it's not about listening to give advice it's listening just to give that space for them to share and yeah. open and if you can give advice where you can if they want if if they want and if they yeah. need right um but certainly check that yeah yeah um yeah and uh yeah I, and yeah the communication piece is big and I, I didn't really you know think about it until oh I didn't it's not that I didn't think about it but when you said that that's what stood out to me and right. so yeah being able to communicate yourself as well and say okay yeah you know uh, it, that really sounds like you're struggling 
really sounds difficult for you. Mm-hmm. I'm having my struggles too. I want to support you and help you, but I, I might need a bit of space myself. Right. right. Yeah, it's perfect. And just establish that up front. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that I don't care about you, not that I don't love you. Um, you know, I'll do what I can, but at some point, you know, you're going to have to, you know, um, give me a little bit of space too to get myself back on my feet. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then when you're feeling better, better help me. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, buddy. No, don't do that. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be my... Uh, that would be my advice is is be mindful, create boundaries, and work on the communication skills on top of finding your own supports. Right. right? Whatever that might look like. Um, yeah. Awesome. Advice given. Unsolicited advice. Unsolicited. But Sweet. Yeah. Take right. it. <laughs> wow. All right, Matt. Uh, what do you have for us today? Okay, so I have somebody, like I mentioned before, who's dealing with back pain. Um, I pulled this from a general forum, so it's less about like the lifting side of things and more about just general back pain and how it affects his life. Um, this question is a bit longer than Joel's, so there's a lot of uh, context and you know, exposition from the person, which is always helpful for okay. giving this type of advice. But again, I'll preface this by saying don't take this as medical advice for you personally. This is just infotainment, mm-hmm. you know, just to get a glimpse beyond the beyond the veil, I guess, of what healthcare workers are thinking when you're talking to them about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that being said, let's get right into this. So I'm just going to read it out. So, hey, guys, just going through a period of feeling like I've been punched in the spine by Lennox Lewis. So Lennox Lewis is a famous boxer, if anyone's not sure about that. I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, so picture Mike Tyson punching you in the spine. Oh, that's not good. I can't imagine that's good. Yeah, and uh, so this has lasted for three hours, and so he wanted to post on the whatever forum I got this from just to see how everybody else copes with it and how they're all feeling. Um, so he says this isn't new for him. He's 45 years old, and he was suffering with back pain since his late 20s. Uh, he has periods where it's less painful than other times, but it always returns, and he's forgotten what it's like to live pain-free. Um, his back pain has not been narrowed down to a specific injury from any healthcare workers or any injury that he can remember, and it also moves around his back. It doesn't stay in any one location. Um, he believes that it's mainly muscular, and it's related to years of poor posture, and it was also handed down to him from his dad, as this person and his sister suffer from back pain together as well as his dad. Uh, He works out regularly. He walks and runs a fair bit, and he's not overweight. Um, He's also been to various chiropractors, osteopaths, and other rehab professionals over many years, but none have been able to pinpoint it. What he really wants is a type of strategy to make it bearable, and he believes he will never be pain-free, but maybe at least he could lessen it. So recently, he's talked to two people uh, about this issue, and like just friends of his, who have had broken backs and they are completely rehabilitated and now they're back to living a full life without any trouble. So he's happy for them, but he's also very frustrated that he can't find a similar outcome despite not even having that injury mm-hmm. or even something of such severity. Cause like he mentioned before, 
almost anything's been ruled out by healthcare professionals and yeah. nothing's been able to pinpoint it. So then he follows it up. What helps you guys? CBD oil, deep tissue massage, exercise, acupuncture, posture correction, anything. Just trying to find out what other people have gone through and maybe connect with others and try to find a way out of this situation. Okay. So, uh, off the bat, the first thing that stands out to me, I mean, he paints a really clear picture of what he's feeling, mm-hmm. right? He talks about how it's affecting him physically, mentally, how frustrated he is. He gives a lot of that information, which is great upfront. Yeah. That's stuff that you could always keep in mind when you're dealing with people. Um, he also mentions that it's been going on for like 20 plus years, mm-hmm. which is something else to note because that's a long time for pain to become almost ingrained as a regular part of life where it becomes almost like your normal resting state like your if your homeostatic state is a painful one it's going to be much harder to get out of that uh 20 years later than it is like a year later yeah right so time definitely plays a factor uh he also says he has periods where it's uh less painful than others meaning that the pain changes itself Mm -hmm. which is good it's not always extremely sharp it's not always like extremely painful which means there are probably some things that he's doing throughout the day that might be affecting it in okay. a positive way right? sure. but also there are probably some things that affect it negatively so that's part of the assessment process too when someone comes to see you you gotta kind of figure out what flares it up yeah. what makes it feel better and try to bias yourself towards what makes it feel better while slowly building it back up the usual stuff of like calm stuff down then build it back up eventually yeah. um he also mentions and this is a really good one too that it hasn't been uh, associated with a specific injury like healthcare professionals have looked at him which means he's probably had x-rays mris especially 20 plus years of pain um, and all that's come back i would say negative if he hasn't mentioned it here and he's seen a bunch of healthcare professionals um, but he also mentions that he thinks it's only muscular and related to years of poor posture and it's handed down from his dad so these are the kind of messages that i normally hear it's like when people want to associate pain with one specific thing yeah. And he even mentions it here, like I've seen so many healthcare professionals and no one has been able to pinpoint the exact cause. Yeah. And in many cases, especially with back pain, it's nonspecific, meaning there mm-hmm. is no one cause. So you can imagine someone who's been dealing with quite a bit of pain and they're looking for one specific cause. It's never found. And they've tried multiple different things. The frustration, like he mentions here, is like building. Yeah. He's frustrated. He's mm-hmm. probably not as willing to... Uh, have a lot of buy-in with certain narratives because he's been told probably everything, everything you can imagine. And he still believes that it's poor posture and he believes that he got it from his dad. Mm -hmm. So again, another thing is that you do not have your parents back. It's like you can have genetic issues that could arise from hereditary means. Sure. But just because your bad, your dad is back pain doesn't mean you have to. Right, there are many different things that you can do, um, but you know, after twenty years of pain, it'd probably be hard to hear that. Right? Yeah, I mean, especially if you've had constant reinforcement from those healthcare professionals that you know it's from genetic, you're screwed. Like yeah. you're gonna have this pain for a long time, if not forever. Yeah. Um, so I imagine there's there's feelings of frustration, but also probably hopelessness. Yeah. Well, he, it's not the only time in this question that he associates his back with other people's situations yeah. because he mentions a bit below that that he's talked to people who have had broken backs and were rehabilitated and are completely fine. Mm-hmm. So he he's trying to judge his own performance off of other people's successes. Yeah. And usually that doesn't play out that well because you're all different people in different circumstances. Um, 
so then a bit below her, he says like he wants to find something that works to help it manage to help manage the pain because he believes he will never be pain free. Yeah. So hopelessness, like hopelessness, you mentioned. Yeah. So without going any further, basically to sum up, the stuff that I'd be thinking about at this point is like this dude's been in pain for a long time, so it's totally justifiable that he feels this way. Yeah. Like the hopelessness and inevitability and the wanting to pinpoint exact you know causes isn't anything rare like everybody goes through that so the the first step would be to try and in a very kind and like not confrontational way would be to maybe suggest that it's not one specific thing Mm -hmm. and there are different ways you can do that depending on the person's personality if it's someone who's like really invested in like rehab and is super curious and is like super like uh, invested in the whole uh, like knowledge base and process of getting open better. Minded. Open minded. Open minded yeah. about the process. You so. can be super honest with those people. Like, yeah. Not saying you're not honest anyway, but you can bring up like research, like statistics if they want it. Like yeah. you can talk about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But for many people who are this far into a pain experience and it's a part of their normal daily life, they probably don't want to hear that it's not anything that you've been told before. Yeah. Right? Because. You know, when you're fed all these messages and these narratives over the years, this just becomes a whole other one. Yeah. Well, it's not that, it's not this, it's not this. But how about this? It's like, or maybe it's all of these things. Yeah. You know, the best way to try and get someone more on the side of it's not any one thing, but we don't even need it to be one thing to help, uh, is get them into a space where you can start to do some experiential learning. So what, what things does his back pain prevent him from doing? Mm-hmm. Does he believe rounding his back is going to make it worse? In which case, one of the first things I would do would be experimenting with getting him Rounded. to round his back. Yeah, sure. Right? Just to see, you know what? You did it. You got you standing up. Maybe it's a little bit sore, but maybe it's not even flared up. Maybe you're doing great. Yeah. Uh, other things like, well, I can't like sit down for long periods of time. Well, then if you're getting him sat down and you're talking to him throughout the assessment, ask him, like, oh, how are you feeling now? Like, you've been sitting down since we've been talking. Like, how's it feel? How long does it normally take to, you know, flare up? Is it a while? Yeah. Um, and then you can bring up other inconsistencies in, in the story of I'm always going to have this pain. It's never going to get better. Is like your pain sometimes is less than others, mm-hmm. which means there are, if the pain can help, that's great. Um so yeah, these are just some things that I would point out. But another thing that he mentions is he went and got a, a deep tissue massage. Yeah. And he said that it felt amazing the mm-hmm. next day. It was perfect, but then the following day went back to exactly the way it was. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, that's a negative because it felt great, but now I'm back to normal, which means like it wasn't anything. Gotcha. But the information that he just gave is like something had an effect on your pain, yeah. which means it can change. Right? That would be a positive thing for me. So trying to like reaffirm that with a person and say like, yeah, you had a really good experience with massage for a short amount of time, but there are other things that you can do that are very similar to the effects you would get from massage, like exercise okay. for pain. And sure. that's something that you can do yourself. You don't need to rely on anybody else. Yeah. Um, and so one of the best things here, one of the most positive things that I see here is when he asks for what other people have done to help. And he mentions a list of like CBD oil, uh, deep tissue massage and exercise, acupuncture, posture correction, all that stuff. He mentions exercise, which is great because that's another thing that I see a lot of is uh, people really wanting passive interventions. 
Like, what can you do to me yes. to make me feel better? Rather yeah. than what can I do myself at any point to help yeah. me feel better? And so it seems like he is uh, interested in that. Yeah. So the first thing I would do, again, depending on the personality, like if, if it was a perfect scenario, sure. I would say, okay, your pain has changed from massage. Your pain changes dailies. Yeah. Sometimes it's really, really bad, like you said, getting punched in the spine by Lennox Lewis. But you <laughs> yeah. said other times it's actually pretty good. Yeah. And you even had a bout of it being pain-free after a massage. Yeah. So what this tells me is we can take advantage of a lot of the internal processes that help to reduce pain. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a bit of like serotonin, a bit of dopamine, uh, oxytocin, all these things that have a really profound effect at reducing pain. And we don't always need to do it with massage. Mm-hmm. So if we could find some exercises that one you enjoy, maybe you can even do it with other people in a group setting if you're comfortable with that and just get you like out in a social like environment yep. and get you less fearful of using your back, I think that would be one of the most beneficial things for this person. And I would also try and get them to reframe their sense of progress in that yeah, your dad has back pain, your sister has back pain. Those are two people that you love very much and you're related to, so it's mm-hmm. no wonder that you feel like this. But you also don't have your dad or your sister's back. Mm-hmm. And if you can, uh, if we working together can figure out a routine that reduces your pain and gets you stronger and more confident using your back, even if you're not exactly completely pain-free for the rest of your life, but you have a, a very robust way of managing it and making it a non-issue when it is a bit iffy, you could be the some someone who sets an example for those two people in your life. Mm. You could be like a pillar of support. You could say like, you know what? I was able to change my pain, so those two can. So you don't need to view it as other people hurt, so I have to hurt. Uh, especially talking to other people who have back pain from broken backs and they're rehabilitated and have no trouble at all. It's like pain is much more complex than damage. It's like there are people that don't have any injury like this person and have pain for years. Yeah. Right. Or it started as like a physical damage injury, but long past the tissue healing time, they're still having pain. Yeah. So it, we don't always need to identify one exact pinpoint cause, especially when it has to do with damage to get better. Mm-hmm. And so painting that view of hope in this person, I think would go a long way because that's one thing you picked on immediate, picked up on immediately was that he's in a state of like hopelessness. hopelessness it's yeah. like i'm never gonna get better everyone around me is in back pain some people have got completely better after a short amount of time but i've been dealing with it for 20 years yeah so yeah that would be the first thing i do is try and change his mind about some of his ideas about what he needs to get better introduce some hope introduce some hope uh don't narrow it down to one specific thing say pain is highly complex and we don't need an exact diagnosis to be able to get better just do the work on the small things first and then build from there like let's get you moving in some different ways let's find out your fears and things that are really holding you back and grade yourself to be able to do it yeah 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 sounds like exposure therapy yes graded exposure graded exposure one of my favorite things challenging your fears yes yeah but uh, And, and it's funny because if i was also to see this person i would probably suggest that they do something like that with a professional obviously not with me all right bend over the chair now see if it hurts (laughs) does it hurt keep going (laughs) keep going we're greatly exposing pain is just weakness leaving the body um no but yeah I, i i would certainly say well you know well what are some ways to 
you know, challenge that fear, mm-hmm. right? That that hopelessness, right? Yeah. Those unhelpful thinking patterns, right? And say, go visit my buddy Matt, and he will hey. give you the exposure you need. <laughs> That's true. The um, yeah, just trying to challenge those unhelpful beliefs is usually. I mean, even beyond this question that I found, it's it's one of the first things I try to do anyway. Yeah. But again, it also you have to meet someone where they're at. Like I can't just bombard them with information that contradicts everything they've ever heard for twenty plus years. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It needs to be a slow, gradual process. So. You know, maybe I would even start with a massage and be like, yeah, like you're probably going to have a similar reaction to what you had before, but I'm also going to give you one, maybe two things to try out at home activity wise. And then I'll get them to try that out and then, you know, let me know how it is the next week, like see how it affected you and we'll go from there. Matt, if you were doing a treatment like that Mm -hmm. um, and say doing a deep tissue massage, they'd give them like a a day or two of relief. Mm would you start off like at what where along the process would you be like or, or if you would at all let's do some work in those couple of days like i'm going to give you a massage try out these exercises while it feels good mm-hmm. or would it be more of uh, enjoy the couple days and then try to work afterward do, uh, do you know what i'm asking yeah yeah it depends on the person's activity level and, and other factors, but the reason why I specifically bring up activity level is because uh, well, this person who is asking this question says that they uh, they still get up and like move around and stuff and they exercise, but I don't know what they do for a job. I don't know what their sleep is like. I don't know what their diet, hydration, mm-hmm. all those things are like. Sure. So if it's somebody, let's say, who works a manual labor job and they're on their feet moving around in different positions for like eight hours a day and then they come home and they feel like pretty good because of the massage and they're not you know beat up for lack of a better word um i would say just take advantage of it like relax because you're already doing like eight hours of activity we'll say um now again the context will change if they're doing too much of one thing at work then they'll definitely need to supplement some other little movements just to get them out of that comfort zone sometimes yeah um but if it's somebody who works a sedentary job, who sits at a desk for eight hours a day, I'll be like, yeah, so you're going to feel good. And I know you're not going to want to move probably because, yeah. you know, it's been a while since you've had a day of like less pain. But I don't want you to view this as exercise is going to hurt and it's going to set me back. It, it should be something that makes you feel better. Yeah. So if you do these exercises while you're feeling good and you feel like it's affecting you negatively... Stop doing them. Yeah, okay. Come talk to me and we'll change them up so that they're more enjoyable for you to do and you know, you're know you more comfortable doing them when you're feeling good. Yeah. Because one of the biggest things that set up a rehab, like proper rehab, is consistency. Mm-hmm. If we're only doing things on days where we either feel bad or we feel good, then there's no consistency because you could have a whole week of feeling bad and you could have a whole week of feeling good mm-hmm. and then the following week can go back and it can change like on the day. Yeah. Um, and it has to do with like so many different factors that are not just biological, but psychological, sociological, like financial, spiritual, mm-hmm. like all those things. Everything that comes together to create a pain experience can affect pain. Yeah. So regardless of how you're feeling on the day, there needs to be a consistent uh, program that the person's on that isn't terribly difficult but is still enough to challenge the person. Mm -hmm. And finding that 
fine line can sometimes be a bit, a bit of a process and sometimes that can take a couple of different treatments right yeah. so if i was seeing this person for the first time it would be kind of like a discovery week like i'm gonna give you a massage you've already had an experience where, which, which was good so it leads me to believe you're probably gonna have the same experience yeah but i want you to try a couple of things at home in the meantime yeah and then depending on how those go we can change things up next treatment or add to it take it away and modify it um, but I, as like a catch-all piece of advice, I wouldn't just either do all or nothing, depending mm-hmm. on whether you're feeling good or not. Try, try some stuff. Try because some stuff, sure. after 20 years of pain, it's we need to start moving the needle more in the direction of changing things as opposed to always staying relaxed yeah. because life doesn't really work like that. No. In the no. acute phase of an injury, if it was like if I've been dealing with sharp pain in my back for like two weeks, two or three weeks, and it's been pretty bad. It's like, okay, well, maybe we can rest it a little bit or just change what you're doing, modify it. But 20 plus years, we got to start changing some things up pretty drastically and pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, sounds like this person in particular is um, like, give me what you got. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Perfect time to experiment when uh, someone's like feeling like that because they're at this point they're probably open to anything. Yeah, it's like that's the the common thing I hear from people who have been experiencing pain for a while is like, I don't care what we do today, yeah. I just want it to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and you know what? It's it's a it's a shame that it took twenty years of pain and that frustration and hopeless feeling. I maybe not. Maybe this isn't the the first time that this person has been like, "Hey, I want to try anything." But by the sound of what you're sharing, anyway, that's kind of what it sounds like. It's been 20 years, tried some stuff, didn't work, feeling frustrated, feeling hopeless. Hail Mary. Yeah. Hit me with with what you got. Yeah. Um, whereas, obviously, you know, this is just speculation, but having that mentality right up front. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that open-mindedness, that let's try a little bit of everything, uh, whatever I can to make this work, be open-minded, so that it, it doesn't take the, you know those, those 20 years to um, try some maybe of these, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, less um, popular, less, not popular, what's the word I'm looking for, mainstream mm. types of rehab. Yeah, or like I, I guess, not. I, I'm gonna call this like pop rehab, where it's like you go on Instagram, you see like five different exercises that are the cure all for everything. And, yeah. You know, it it can be tough when someone has those beliefs. Like, if these exercises were told, like if you were told to do these five exercises that are apparently perfect for everyone's pain, and that you tried them and you they didn't work, um, you're probably less likely to you know, buy into exercise in general because you've already tried the best of it, apparently. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rather than, you know, there are no best exercises. It's just, that's marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah okay. the part of the rehab process for other people that aren't at this point where they want to try anything is just getting them to that point. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that also, that's also really why I like experiential learning, like taking people through the things in clinic that they're afraid of. Yeah. Um, could be like reaching up overhead, like bending backwards, like standing up, sitting down, getting up from lying down, anything. Yeah. Um, and figuring out different ways to do it so that's less painful so the person can feel that they can change their own pain. Um, because it's one thing just to tell somebody, yeah, your pain can change, but it's a whole other thing to get them to actually live it in front of you. Yeah. And have real-time feedback. 
Yes. Yeah. Then that's like another source of, you know, buying. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, I've done that myself, you know, um, trying out in session, you know, working through the fears, doing a little bit of, you know, well, experiments, but yeah. Uh, some exposure and mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay yeah. great advice Matt well thank you yeah yeah so take it take his advice no don't <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that was our first unsolicited advice segment so we're going to be doing some other like different types of segments like this in the future that are hopefully a bit more entertaining rather than hearing us drone on about one specific topic. But if you like those episodes, we will also still be doing those. Yeah. Just not as frequently, I guess. Yeah. And let us know on yeah. our Instagram. Yep. Like, if you don't follow us, follow us now. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, uh, you know, Fostering Wellness Podcast. And comment, send us a DM, uh, like and share, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Thank you.